0: You're listening to the mentor Talk Show. I'm your host, Fatima El-Sayed, and this week's show is brought to you by PharmaSave. On this weekly talk show, we invite experts to learn from the career journeys as professionals in their fields. Tune in every week on Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear the advice of these professionals. And remember, if you have any questions for the panelists, you can always leave them in the comments section. Today's guest is Sajid Ali Muhammad. It's all about the money, or is it? Listen in as Sajid shares what his life was like after making the wrong decisions early on and the importance of learning about yourself when deciding on your career path. Sajid, how are you today?
1: Doing well, Alhamdulillah. Thank you very much for having me uh, on the show today.
0: Thank you for being here.
1: It's my pleasure.
0: So your career started off in engineering and you ended up as a professional development coach. Uh, it's a big turn that you took, <laughs> starting in the sciences and then going into basically the humanities, correct?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, so it let's, was quite a big change.
0: Yeah. Let's start off in high school. Um, what was it that made you decide, you know, engineering is where I want to go at that
1: time? <laughs> it was, um, it's actually a funny story. Um I was looking at in the neighborhood that I was in and looking at these big houses and um, I noticed that it was all, I I guess I'm sorry to say, but it was a lot of Chinese people around um, in my surroundings. And I'd always be watching, oh, what are they doing? Because, you know, Mm -hmm. I wanted to be successful in my career. I wanted to make money and I was sort of following the money, so to speak. Um, And what I noticed was they were all taking math and science, math and science all the way through. And I thought that that was just the thing for me to do also, just take math and science all mm. the way through. Uh, and uh, even though there were opportunities to take business courses and economics, entrepreneurship, I never took a look at a single one of them. Um, I just followed this path of math and science for some odd reason.
0: <laughs> you and, stuck yourself um, in, that, um, in that area just stuck myself there, mm-hmm. thinking
1: that I knew everything that uh, there was to know and um, funny funny way to, to make decisions, but uh, I guess it led me on a path towards looking at you know, engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that was like the beginning point. Um, and then when it came time to actually look at career choices and I didn't really know what I wanted to do at that point. And I haphazardly ended up, I I had a little um, hockey injury Mm -hmm. and um, one of the elders in the the hockey league that I was a part of joined me at the hospital uh, when I was getting stitches. And we were talking at that time and this was like probably the first time I ever Spoke to somebody about my future career, and he was telling mm-hmm. me about, oh, there are so many different opportunities in biotechnology, and that's like the upcoming field. And I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> and the next thing I knew, I was looking in the university catalogs at what program says something about biotechnology, you know, and I'm not really knowing much about it again. Um, the only program that I found within the GTA that had to do with biotechnology, was a chemical engineering program at University of Toronto. Mm -hmm. And that was, that ended up being my first choice. Even though I I realized afterward that I never really enjoyed biology that much, nor did I enjoy chemistry that much. Physics wasn't bad, but I got through it all because somehow I had, Alhamdulillah, I had good um, studying skills and, Mm and like studying habits, so I could virtually do anything.
0: How was that first year of university when you got into the program and you were sitting in your classes, going through, um, you know, it wasn't necessarily courses that you had a passion for or liked?
1: <sighs> well, my, on my first day of university, I realized almost right away that I was in the wrong place. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. around me seemed to be extremely eccentric. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, and I was, I thought okay well maybe this is not the group that i'm actually going to be sitting in my classes mm-hmm. with. that was during frosh week and then as as the weeks went on i'd look more and more at my professors the others in my class and i'd be looking at and I'd say man i just feel like i i don't really fit in with this crowd but at the same time you know on the first few days of class i had professors that would say look to the left of you look to the right of you and um, you'll know that one of the three of you w- are, are, is going to remain. The rest of you will come out of this program. And I was that person, that confident person who was like, I'm going to stay in this program. I'm going to make it through. Um, <laughs> and so I just continued on on that path. I, d- I didn't really think at that time of switching out or anything. I just thought, hey, everybody's the way they are. I just got to cope with it
0: hmm. That's interesting that you even though you realized you didn't like the program or you didn't like what you were about to study, and it was still early for you, it was still early, early enough for you to switch. What made you decide, you know, what, I'm going to continue with this and finish all four years? It's a long time, four years.
1: <laughs> well, um, I did actually, I thought about switching after the first year my, mm-hmm. my marks were sort of down. My heart wasn't into the work. Um, I um, I went through a few days where I was like on the verge of tears because I could see that. Uh, I mean, I'm going through this dark tunnel. It was uh, mm-hmm. I went through a very difficult time. And I found myself constantly actually sitting down. It was, uh, interestingly, sitting down after Fajr and reading, reciting Dwai Kumil and asking for guidance and what to do. Um, mm-hmm. The university was a very challenging time for me. Um, but along with that, um, when I tried, when I looked at other options and perhaps switching out of um, my engineering program, mm-hmm. because of my marks being pretty low, and um, on the, I was even on probation for a part of time, mm-hmm. um, despite the fact that, I mean, with my marks being so low, even at the other programs that I try and switch out to, I was being told they weren't going to look at the previous work that I had done, the, the year that I uh, completed. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, oh, this is going to be a step in the in, in the wrong direction. I'll have to start from scratch. They're not taking uh, my courses seriously. Mm-hmm. And I, it was more like I got into a situation of um, emotionally feeling like a, a little bit outraged, like, oh, they're yeah. not going to take my courses. It was a, a, a matter of my ego perking up and saying, forget it i'll just stick with the same they still this program even though i'm practically almost flunking out of it they still want to keep me i'll continue on and let's see what happens
0: yeah. and that gave you the de- determination and the perseverance to complete the program
1: uh, it did it did mm-hmm. and i had to think of uh some lucrative ways of completing the program as well so awesome. i decided at some point that I mean, it was a heavy course load. Chemical engineering yeah. is, is not a joke, right? It's uh, mm-hmm. about 35 hours of class every week uh, and labs and, uh, and, and plus a commute of an hour and a half mm-hmm. each way. I was doing. Yeah. So there was a lot to it. I thought, okay, let me try and cut down the, the workload. I went, I applied as a part-time student, which cut my workload down to 25 mm-hmm. hours a week. And uh, I did three courses every semester. So I added on an extra year to my entire education uh, mm-hmm. I'm at in the program. But then it was like, OK, I can handle this workload. I'm going to push through. I'm going to make it happen. And it's probably one of the greatest accomplishments that I've, I've done is completing that program.
0: It's amazing. It shows that um, there's nothing that can be too hard. We can always work at our own paces and complete everything that we put our minds to. Yeah, if
1: you're, absolutely, if your mind is is there and um, mm-hmm. even when it seems like it's such an uphill road, uphill challenge, you know, have faith in Allah, do the work and uh, and just put one step in front of the other all the time mm-hmm. and, and you, you can achieve anything. It's just like climbing a mountain, right?
0: Yeah, so after you're done, uh, graduated, everything's complete, now you're looking for work. How was that process?
1: Oh, this is an interesting story so um, while I went through uh, university every every summer I'd be looking for work before the summer and I'd, I'd never find anything in my engineering field uh, and after my third year of university also I was thinking what am I gonna actually do with this how am I gonna build a career around this I was so, sort of confused but once I finished I just I, I, I would I was told by a friend um, Do Ziyarti Ashura every day And Mm -hmm. uh, just do this Amal uh, Every day And inshallah things will open up For you as they did for me That's what my friend told me Uh, So Mm -hmm. I said okay it's worth giving it a shot I mean I'm applying to all these Different places let me give this a shot Mm -hmm. And I started reciting And doing this Amal of Ashura And I think by the third Day of doing this Amal um, I I went to Jummah and uh, one of the people at Jumma came up to me, and they're like, oh, you just finished your program uh, at university, right? I said, yeah, I just mm-hmm. completed. He says, we're, we're hiring um, engineers right now. Why don't you apply? And I didn't even know what wow. kind of business this, this, um, this, this man ran. Mm-hmm. But he told me about boreholes, and he told me about taking samples. And I said, yeah, OK, sure, I'll apply. Let, let me apply. And it was in the environmental industry. Slightly different from the chemical industry that I mm-hmm. studied, but you know, as an engineer, you could basically—it's analytics—and you can do a lot of things with an engineering degree. So, yeah. I applied. I went in for an interview. Then they called me in. Um, I went away for a trip, and upon returning from the trip two weeks later, they called me up and asked me to come in for. Um, uh, they wanted to offer me a job, and I was elated. I was especially elated because, you know, three months later, I was um, actually scheduled to get married. I I, I like to plan things like that, like a whole (laughs) bunch of uh, big changes in life. Let them all happen at once. At the
0: same time. (laughs) Yeah,
1: kind of guy that I was. Um, So I had that pressure on me. Mm -hmm. But Alhamdulillah, in the nick of time, just like, um, you know, in... Which du'a is it? Yeah, du'a Hamza Thumali. Mm-hmm. We recite this in Ramadan, where and w- in one of the first few verses, you know, Imam al Bidin is praying to Allah and he's saying, and you provide things for us in the nick of time as we need it. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened at that time. So I, I got this job. I, uh, a few months later, I was going for my uh, graduation ceremony And I found out that I was one amongst a handful of graduates at that point that actually landed a job. So I I don't know what to say about that except, alhamdulillah, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, after you started your job and you started working, um, did you feel that uh, the work was interesting? Did you feel like you wanted to stay in the work that you were doing?
1: Yeah, at the beginning, it was... um, It was okay, it was something new, uh, new learning experience. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I was, yeah, basically every day was something new and I was given uh, a a lot of opportunities to try the more complicated projects uh, within the company. So it kept me interested. Um, But after about three years of doing the same thing, I, I, I found that I, started to feel a little bit you know complacent and lethargic Mm -hmm. and my drive was went down at that time yeah Um, and I've always had this thing in my mind that um, the work that I that I do should be something that is purposeful something that's meaningful to me, mm-hmm. uh, and especially when I've been religious, a very religious person. So especially when it comes to my connection with God and my connection to mm-hmm. humanity, and um, and I wasn't. That's one thing that I felt I wasn't really getting out of this this career. We were uh, most of our clients were other businesses. You know, most of the the motivation. Of dealing with these clients was for re, um, property refinancing or property mm-hmm. transactional purposes, and that that motive that didn't really motivate me. So this it became more of a job to earn a livelihood. And mind you, at that early sta- stage, I mean, the amount of sa- the salary that I was getting wasn't very motivational either. Mm-hmm. So sometime I was thinking like okay I got into this field of engineering to make money and I feel like I can hardly make the money that I want to make so yeah you know what how did I make my decisions to begin with right
0: so what did you do to turn this around and um, did you do anything big that changed the course of uh, how you were feeling at that time
1: uh, yeah, actually, so as I mentioned, I, I was married at the time, and mm-hmm. uh, my wife was studying. She, she was into world religions, and then she wanted to continue on in a master's program in Islamic studies. In order to do that, she had to study and learn Arabic. Mm-hmm. And I've always been interested in traveling. I used to hear my father's stories of traveling to different parts of Europe, and uh, I was like, man, I, I'm waiting for my chance to travel as well. <laughs> so we put these two things together and we said, you know, I'm not too hot about my job. I'm not married to it right now. Mm -hmm. I'm happy to move on and and try other things. Why don't we go travel abroad to a Middle Eastern country and we will immerse ourselves and learn Arabic. So our plan was, we're going to teach English as a second language and we'll learn Arabic while we're out there in the middle east and we're going to travel around and my whole purpose was to learn arabic to to be able to understand the quran and du'a yeah. when we recited basically
0: how long so, were you there for that sounds like a huge trip
1: oh so um we ended up living in syria it started off as one, a one-year program like we, mm-hmm. we had some private tutors and um even finding a job out there was a little bit of a risk to go out there in the first place. We were told by a number of people, like, what are you doing? You're risking your career. You're going to go out there. Are you going to actually make it for a year over there? We didn't have savings. Our whole plan was to get a job teaching English, right? Yeah. Um, so we didn't know if we were, we were getting there and we're going to be returning within, uh, you know, a couple of months because that's all the savings that we really had. But uh, alhamdulillah, we reached there and within the first two days of being there, we landed jobs teaching English. And uh, we ended up staying there for a full year, alhamdulillah. Mm -hmm. And at the end of that year, we both learned an extensive amount of Arabic. um, uh, So much so that, you know, we were comfortable speaking. We were comfortable traveling around in the area and speaking uh, with with different people, we knew when we would be ripped off, and we could negotiate <laughs> our way out of you know taxi fares, and um, we we had a pretty a, a pretty good grounding. Mm-hmm. Um, and we came back to Toronto after the first year, and we were sort of we went through a major culture shock here in Toronto where we found like we grew so much. We traveled, we like learned Arabic. We met all these people. We had such interesting discussions and we came back to Toronto and it was like nothing had changed over here. We talked to everybody, what's going on? What's new? Nothing, nothing's changed. Yeah. Everything's the same. You know how everybody mm-hmm. talks and says, nothing's going on. Life, <laughs> nothing, right? Life in the West. <laughs> yeah, so we got. We were like, oh man, what's, what's this, you know? And within, a a month, yeah. within two months, we rebooked our tickets and we went back to, to Syria. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, uh, we ended up, we were trying to like get residency there. We were trying to actually settle down there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but uh, it, Alhamdulillah, that didn't work out. We, mm-hmm. we never ended up managing to settle down there. And we had a few interesting other stories that took place. But yeah. we ended up coming back to Canada after that, that second year, uh, happy to be home. Happy mm-hmm. to be back.
0: What was the job market when you came back uh, like at that time in Toronto? Uh, when we came
1: back, it was it was okay. It was in two thousand and ten. Mm-hmm. We were gone actually when the financial crisis took place in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. We returned two thousand ten. Things were slightly moving forward. I ended up getting a job back with the same company I was with before.
0: Mm-hmm
1: environmental engineer Um, but then again it didn't take long before I felt complacent I felt like uh, this this is not something that's really helping me move forward Mm -hmm. Uh, it was more just to pay the bills and so we could have our own place and um, I had to find another solution to that to that situation yeah Um, and I didn't know what that solution was uh, I, had, I, I made a little bit of savings during that, that year, 2010 to 2011, and it gave me enough of um, confidence to leave my job and just think for myself, what can I do? What should I do now? Mm-hmm. Um, and I left my job uh, in 2011. I left that engineering job, and about a week and a half after I left the job, my wife told me that we're expecting a child, and uh, then then I was like, okay, uh, I, made the <laughs> I need a job again. <laughs> yeah, I need a job again. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, not knowing what to do, she mentioned that she wants to go visit her parents in Edmonton during the during the, while she's um, you know bearing a child, mm-hmm. and so we ended up um, moving. I mean, not moving, but we ended up going to Edmonton for a trip, and while we were there. My brother-in-law was actually looking for work in the environmental engineering field as well. And he told me that he, I would have a great opportunity there because there, there are tons of jobs and there's a lot of scope for engineers right now. So mm-hmm. I started applying over there. I found a lot more opportunities, much more interesting jobs. And I ended up uh, landing a job within a few months as a project manager out there for a large construction on environmental sites. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was a little bit over my head it was uh, slightly overwhelming i was running two million dollar projects within three months and uh it was uh, very intense yeah. for clients like imperial oil and uh, the government of canada and um but it was i learned so much from the experience and uh, just because of the busyness of, of of the work that was coming in uh i was i was challenged so my mind was active and I was enjoying the work
0: at that time. Did you get at a crossroads again where you felt, you know, this isn't what I want to do anymore. I need something new. Was there anything that um, turned your interest to another place? Yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. So when I ended up moving to Edmonton at around the same time, I was contacted by... Uh, Nasimco, an organization mm-hmm. here in uh, North America, um, to to help them run leadership trainings for youth,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: um, and w- for our Muslim youth. And I was mm-hmm. that really piqued my interest because I love to share. I love to help people in whatever way, whatever means I have the the opportunity to. So I jumped at that opportunity, and with my background and what I learned in Syria. Uh, of, from the Quran and from mm-hmm. uh, memorizing and just the experience that I had out there, I knew that there was a lot that I could contribute to this, to, to this cause. So I jumped on board and we started running these leadership retreats every year at a different place across North America for about six or seven years. And, um, and every time I went to these retreats and we'd share, facilitate, and I'd, I'd be on such a high I'd feel an incredible amount of fulfillment, uh, just seeing the light bulbs go off in the heads of um, these youth. Uh, mm-hmm. That I thought, wow, this is this is incredible. This, if I could do this for my life, this yeah. would be meaningful. This is the purpose that I'm really looking for.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and then I'd go back to my engineering job uh, in Edmonton, and I'd be sitting at my cubicle, and I'd be like, man. I want to go I, back. <laughs> yeah, if I could do this all the time, this would yeah. be incredible. What a service and what a feeling inside.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, then I joined a, a program called Next Up in Edmonton. Uh, this was run by the Parkland Institute, which is a nonprofit to, to help uh, youth understand more about the political system and um, about life in general, different careers, opportunities mm-hmm. to help in the community. And over there, I went through a program one day with a coach where they were, tell- they, were, they were like, okay, how do you figure out that you are getting the purpose and the meaning you want out of life? And I was like, okay, yeah. Yeah, I want to know about that. <laughs> and one of, the, one of the things that they asked us to do is to write a list of all the different things that you love, that you enjoy, mm-hmm. that bring out the best in you. Um, another list of all the things that you're good at doing and then another list of what does the world need and while I was making these lists you know I was thinking about I was coming up with almost the same answers for each of these questions which was you know the world needs um, I love good conversation and connection with people the ability to help others um, and, and feeling special um, things that are I'm good at are one-on-one relationships and talking to people one-on-one, getting work done. I'm a doer. I like to finish jobs and get mm-hmm. things done. You know, um, and and connecting with people. And what does the world the world need more of? Again, it came down to for me. It came down to love, compassion, connecting with people, empathy. And I put these three things together, and I started looking at it all. I'm like, I need I I. I find my purpose when I'm connecting with people, when I'm helping them to get to higher levels. This fell right in, in place with what I had learned um, through these leadership retreats.
0: And so then how, I took, sorry, uh, How did you take that and turn it into a career? Uh, oh. Because that is your career now, which is an amazing thing to think about.
1: That's right. Yeah. Well, I, um, that's a very good question. It, it took a long time. I mean, it took a lot of different touch points of me mm-hmm. seeing over and over again that this is where I should be headed. Um, I went to other programs about, about personality and learning my personality type. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it, again, it pointed out to the same thing. And I, so it's been, it was on my mind for a long time. I just didn't know what steps to take and how to go about it. And I, what, what came to my mind, and I, and I didn't know how to reach out to people and ask. That's another thing. Just learning how to reach out to people and ask and get, get advice. Never did that. Um, what, what, I, what was coming to my mind is, okay, I need to make a change. In order to make this change, I'm, I'm a career shift, I, I need to go into business. I need to build a business, learn to make enough money. And from that money, then I can do what I really want to do, which is leadership development. That's how mm-hmm. my mind was working, basically. And and a lot of the people around me that I knew who were business owners, I could see that they were doing, they just picked up and did whatever it was that they sort of felt like, whatever they could find a market in.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, and they became successful doing it. So I'd look at them and I'd say, oh, I got to do this too. But then that's there's another fear of how do I get into business and how do I make money? When i don't know i, I don't want to make mistakes i want to just do it straight i want to know that i'm doing the right thing How As do you afraid,
0: just, being successful
1: yeah right i had this fear i had this fear inside of like a failure mm-hmm. which would stop me every time i don't know what to do until one day one of my cousins uh, contacted me in edmonton he was in toronto and he said you know i want I'm, i've been thinking about you i want to start a new business um, you know, why don't you come and why don't we do something together? Why don't you join me and, you know, we can do something together. And I was like, well, I'm, I am kind of looking to do something and I don't know. And you've already run a successful business. Mm-hmm. You know, so these were the thoughts that were going on in my head. And, um, and so I decided to um, eventually partner up with this person. and we, I, And then we moved my family to Toronto as well. And we started a business, and the business was something not related to what I wanted to do, not, not leadership development, but it ended up being a business that looked like it was going to be a money maker. that looked mm-hmm. like it was going to be, oh, it's going to be instant success, we're going to sell goods on Amazon, we're going to make great money, so many people have done it, there are all these courses on it, we're going to do great. <laughs> Right, yeah, and today I don't know if you've noticed uh, too much, but there's a lot of that you can see a lot of that on the internet, Facebook ads. People saying, mm-hmm. Oh, you want to quit your nine to, to five, and you're gonna make so much money, and it's so easy. With it, look what I did in three years, and um, and a lot of that is really just bogus.
0: It's yeah, reality is a lot different.
1: Reality is very different. Any engineer, any entrepreneur, sorry, will tell you that um, the you have to put in your time, it takes. 11 years or it takes 15 years or it takes 12 years or whatever to become an overnight success it doesn't happen mm-hmm. overnight. that's for sure right? um and anyway so i worked with this this individual we had we got some headways things were moving in a direction but uh, i it wasn't moving fast enough it, i learned a lot about building business mm-hmm. which gave me the strength uh, to to step forward and and start thinking about okay what do I want to do with my leadership business what can I do myself I could I can do it I can do this on my own I had the confidence to take those steps and I so I left my partner I, I said you know you we've worked on this you take what we have I'm gonna move on and um, and uh, I I took a few different courses on. Mm-hmm leadership development on um, get became a certified uh, coach as well and 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 then I took a few courses also on how to actually sell programs how to build programs and sell programs and and um, and and build my business and that's basically how I made that transition
0: what um kinds of steps do you suggest that people take to find what kind of profession is right for them from your experience
1: Ah, uh, so uh, considering that uh, most of the audience or the, the target audience here mm-hmm. are, are high school students, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so um, first off, and this is the the mistake that I made and uh, I, I'm telling it openly so that you can learn from my mistake, is become somebody who is abreast to everything. Like sort of learn, get exposed to the di- all the different aspects, all the different opportunities. So, for example, not just science or math, but look at business as well. Look at the arts. Look at look at everything. Don't don't pigeonhole yourself and target one area. But if you're trying to figure out what career path to go into, you have to be exposed to a lot, right? It's it's difficult to make these decisions in high school. So, uh, along with that, also join clubs join clubs like the business clubs and the science clubs and that's another way because you only have a certain amount of time of uh, you have to choose your courses and you only have a certain number Mm -hmm. of courses that you can choose but outside of that you can join whatever clubs you want and you're going to meet people networking is great but you're going to also learn about other career opportunities and gain connections in other areas as well Mm Um, so much of this has to comes down to building consciousness of who you are and what you enjoy right so if you're able to figure that out uh, you're you're steps ahead
0: Mm -hmm.
1: don't just follow you know where you think you'd find money um or you'd think you'd just find happiness either but look at the full picture look at everything and 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 make an informed decision looking at all the different aspects all expose yourself to everything ask for help as well
0: yeah
1: right um for those who are in a situation where they feel that thems- they themselves are stuck they're in a career and they want to make a transition and they don't know mm-hmm. um again look one thing that, that I'd say that's also key is look, do some personality tests or, or go through a personal assessment and figure out, you know, what you are based on your personality and your pa- patterns of being, who are you and what, what are your greatest contributions that you can make? What speaks to your meaning? What brings you meaning and purpose as well, right? Um, and then along with that, what would bring you that happiness? Know what you're after. Bring that have that clear vision of what would be ideal for you first. Mm-hmm. And then once you have that vision, then you can start figuring out the baby steps to get there. And I I actually I myself I help people who are in those situations. I have training um in, in life purpose coaching as well. So I've I've and I've been able to I've had some great success helping people move forward in their, their direction as well. Yeah. So that's, you know, I'm one person that you could also reach out to if you're in Of that. course. <laughs>
0: um, and you were uh, talking about someone who's already established and unhappy with their work. Do they necessarily have to leave what they're doing at that time? Or could they find opportunities within?
1: Oh, absolutely. They can find, there are, there are so many ways to get to that goal, that, that vision that you have mm-hmm. for yourself. Right, so um, perhaps within your own company there are positions that are more suited to your personality. That would that even that little change that may take place from one department to another could be Mm -hmm. something that works you up and brings you energy to motivate you to take it, make another change. Right, thinking about also what other organizations um, have a similar type of market as what you've been tailored to that you've that you've been working for so for example mm-hmm. if you're in the pharmaceutical industry um, and you're i don't know a, a lab technician but you want to move towards becoming uh, managerial then it's about figuring out okay in the same type of industry maybe on another company they'll value your experience and mm-hmm. you can move over into a, you know more of a managerial type of position or a middle position that will help you move forward that way yeah. right? um if you're in a in a smaller organization you'd probably want to move into a, a larger organization where there's a bigger grasp there are more jobs more there's more available mm-hmm. uh you don't need to like drop your job and uh start over start <laughs> over i i i took the hard route yeah um And you don't need to do that. Absolutely not. It's it's really about taking the steps that you're comfortable with, although there's always discomfort with any change. You also need to have that strength to overcome yourself, to be motivated enough to think about the positive side of things, what the possibilities are instead of what could go wrong. Always think of the possibilities so you can move forward. Otherwise, you'll just stay where you are and you will feel unhappy. Um, Think of it as an awakening. What you're going through, if you're in that situation, you're being awakened inside and being told you need to make a move. You need to, you're too comfortable right now. You need to do something that's going to wake you up. Because I I firmly believe life is about growth. Mm -hmm. It's about constantly learning and becoming better. And if you're not doing that, if you don't have that drive, then you need to. We need to develop that drive in you to to do that, because otherwise you will wither away.
0: Thank you so much, Sajid. Uh, unfortunately, we've gone over the uh, time slot for our show today, but it was an amazing conversation. Let us know if you have any final piece of advice for our listeners. Uh, what should they take with them today?
1: Uh, I think know yourself really build that self-consciousness we have a hadith right one mm-hmm. who knows themselves knows their lord knowing yourself and building consciousness of yourself is so important and that's how you connect with what brings you happiness um what you can do in this world we're all here i b- firmly believe we're all here to provide some kind of purpose there's something specifically that you're here for mm-hmm figure find out what that is and when you do and you start taking steps in that direction you'll find um, uh, elation in ways that you've never experienced before you'll know that you're on your path when you found that and then it's about just bringing that in your life over and over and over again
0: thank you so much sajid for your invaluable insight today
1: sure it's my pleasure um and i, I assume you're going to be providing my contact information as well
0: of course yes um there is a program actually where uh people can reach out to today's speakers or speakers from our previous shows which we will mention in a moment
1: absolutely yeah i'd be pleased to to help thank you thank you so much
0: you were just listening to the U mentor talk show if you missed this or future shows you can always hear the replay on the U mentor website under prior talk shows and while you're there, why not subscribe to our iTunes podcast so you never miss another show. If you want to reach out to today's speaker or speakers from any of our previous shows to ask these professionals any questions you may have, just visit our online platform at emojioutreachorg slash unleash the future groups, or just visit the Umentor website and hit the link for online platform. Be sure to tune in next week on Saturday at 3 p.m. to hear from our next guest, Selma El-Sayed, who will show us how she mixes her passion for creating in the kitchen and running her own business. Thank you for listening to our speaker today on Facebook Live.